office hours and I got my two Michaels here, Mikey Diamond and Michael Unbroken. Uh, thank you guys uh, for joining us. And we have guests coming on today, so I'm not concerned. But I would like, since we got you both here, um, there's a lot going on in both of your lives. And uh, Mike, you launched an incredible book, A Dose of Positivity, which is there. Michael, you're touring around building uh, a coaching group, which is, you know, accelerating and uh, speaking on stages as well with, you know, Mike. Um, so I thought, you know, to give and to help. Uh, the, wait, hold on. I just noticed something. What the hell did you do to your hair, bro? Hey. <laughs> I just know you. You and Miles hey. have the same haircut. I just put it back. Oh, you, you went genie on me. Oh, yeah, Gigi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, I thought you looked like Miles. Anyway, all right, so <laughs> back to back to the basics here on Office Hours. There's so many. Oh, of course, I stalled long enough for Jim to come in. We'll just bring in Jim. That's fine. Uh, I'm so loving good. today. It's so good. It's so good. All right, Jim. How are you doing? Everybody. Good to have you. Thanks for having me on. You got awesome. it, man. So uh, Jim's the CEO of Game Changer Sports Recovery. Um, and obviously uh, a lot of lessons. We were about to get into the lessons learned um, and you being in the recovery space, a sports massage therapist for over 20 years, learning different lessons. Um, you know, it's in vogue now, the stuff that you started with uh, in recovery. Uh, I know 20 years ago, there's a lot of resistance uh, to any type of alternative uh, medicine recoveries, therapies. Uh, and I remember talking to a lot of our athletes at Lee Steinberg years and years ago about trying to raise their awareness of a great balance of care. Um, for you, since you've been here uh, so long and now uh, in this uh, space, what are some of the biggest changes that you see over the last two decades? Well, in the beginning, uh, well, first of all, no one knew anything about any of health other than, oh, just go stretch, you know, uh, eat orange. Remember, eat orange. It's like, you remember? <laughs> it's <some> Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you pull something, go ahead. You're fine. Um, Run it off. Run it off. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so now um, things have come so long, so, like, so far with like hydration, nutrition, uh, stress. Now you're starting to find a lot more with like mental health, um, strength and conditioning, uh, breaking down muscles. So all of it together is starting to like make headway now. Uh, and it's taking all this amount of time. Even now, it's still, even though it's come to the forefront. I talked to a lot of athletes because I just um, we're, we're started up with a training camp with the WNBA, and I've talked to a lot of the girls and. They've never even had a lot of this stuff and they're on the younger end of the spectrum. So now they're starting to like get more like introduced to a lot more health aspects. So now it's just coming full circle. So even with the advancements, there's still a big gap of like people working together, even practitioners, right? So you have everyone, every practitioner thinks that, hey, I have, I have the answers to everything. But reality is if we all work together uh, and start to come as one, we can help a lot more athletes and get covered the full spectrum of health. Jim, I have a question. So yes. I grew up when we, we barely stretched playing, I played rugby, contact football, but there was a resilience back when I was young. We didn't, recovery was horrible. It, it damaged people. But athletes years ago were a lot tougher than they are now. 
Yes. Is that because now we need recovery and we need to stretch and yeah. need massages? Absolutely. Right. But is that because are we are we overtraining sometimes in the sense of like it was just before it was just great. You ran, you you did what you did, and you knuckled up for the game. Some people had full time jobs and they pushed through. And right. now everyone is so wired, they pull a hand, like, it, like everything's so intricate. So what is that? So what's the balance? And that's the hard part, right? Because we came from a tough era where we had to like do everything on our own. Um, <laughs> but the thing now is because they can fall back on this. So it's more it's sometimes a crutch, but not always um, knowing that they have access to all the stuff they have now. Um, but even with us growing up, so even though you, we did push through, we see things later on that start to develop. Uh, so you may have knee arthritis, your like your hip starts to go, and like the doctor's like, oh, you might need a hip replacement. So even though we push through, it will get you. So it will get you in the end if you don't yeah. maintain. However, a lot of the athletes now are like, oh, I have access to all this stuff. And it's like, and they sometimes use that as not wanting to play. <laughs> Right. So sometimes if you get paid millions of dollars, right. Especially you see a lot in baseball pitchers. I hate to say this, but like pitchers, right. Pitchers now they go up for like one inning, a couple innings and they're like, Oh man, you know, they start all of a sudden pull hamstrings or like, I'm like, really? So and some of it is, is hard to measure because you're just going off of what they, you can feel a lot, but a lot of it's what they say too. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> You don't want to say people are soft, but there is a different, there's yeah. a great when you see Archie Manning playing yeah. and rapping it with a broken arm, right? Playing right. a game and then someone breaks a finger and goes, dude, I'm out. I can't throw the ball. Sorry, <laughs> I, 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 I got to comment because one of my favorite stories uh, was told by John Randall, who played Hall of Famer, by the way, played for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and the oldest of old school trainers was at the Minnesota Vikings. And he was at camp and he came from a division two school. So they weren't giving him any special consideration at all. Uh, but John Randall hurt his hand during three a days, by the way, during three a days uh, to make the team. And he came off the, the field and he said to the trainer, I think I broke my hand. And the trainer looked at his hand and he took a aspirin. And he put it on the back of his hand and taped the aspirin to the back of the hand and said, get the F back in there. This is the NFL. Now, but, but you know what I'm saying? Different type of, different type of recovery and mindset. Uh, and that guy's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and he's one of the toughest guys I've ever met. Granted, you know? he can't hold the glass now, but it's okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Can't drink like can't this. down the stairs, but he's it's in the hall. Name. Speaking of broken, like look who's look who's Mike, up yeah, next. Broken. Michael unbroken. Bro, Jim, Jim, I love this. I love that you guys are local in Vegas. I'm a Vegas native. I'm gonna have to come out there get some shoulder work. Uh, I'm I'm the kind of guy I, ro I roll jujitsu, do martial arts, always in the gym, always working out. Um, you know, one of the things really? that I think is really okay. fascinating is. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I think is really fascinating is like there is a thought process for people and, and Mike really alluded to this that like injuries are going to happen we're going to get hurt but technology is always evolving it's always changing what is the, some of the technology that you guys are working with and bringing to the forefront with the specialists that you guys have uh, and how is that impacting the the change of the tides so a lot of it is self-maintenance but like you have to 
the hydration and nutrition, the strength and conditioning and balancing it all and kind of setting up a program for each player to like self-advocate for themselves as well as um, with the technology, they have a lot more like machinery. There's a lot more uh, health, like, uh, like advancements as far as nutrition. Um, it's, it's trying to like find out what works for each player and coming up with like specific game plan. A lot of it is on them though, because we can give them all the technology we have and all the knowledge we have, but if they're not doing what they need to do on a consistent mm -hmm. basis, that's like you go and fight and like not warming up or like not training and just going out there and fight. You're like, why did you get my butt beat? <laughs> because you're not doing the prep work to perform like what you need to perform at. So it's the same thing with the health aspect. If you do each little aspect of the health, you perform a lot better. Your recovery, your injury is drop. Your recovery time is way greater. And long-term as we age, when you're done with sports, you're done, you're retired, you still can function and you may have minor things as opposed to like major stuff, like your ankle that has so like arthritic that you can't even walk or um, knee joints or, you know, it's usually the joints, but um, so it's, so even with all the technology, it's really based on them as well as, so implementing the, the technology and having them come on board and like, uh, like take it in and like, oh, it's a lifestyle. And you have some uh, late, latest and greatest projects that you're working on. I thought to finish up, you could share with us, you know, some of the current projects that you're working on and the lessons that you've learned recently uh, in sharing in those projects. Uh, so I start just, well, it's a training camp right now with the WNBA. So that's my big, um, so working with women, I have to say, they listen, <laughs> they, they listen better. And they actually appreciate a lot more that and they're tougher and they're tougher. That's for sure. Oh, they are tough. Like, yeah, I, I just kind of watch out when I go in there. Cause I'm like, I don't look them in the eyes. But, uh, no. I, uh, <laughs> but, Nick uh, Billings and Swimcast, Sue Bird's uh, one of the toughest pound for pound. Sue Bird may be one of the toughest people I've ever met. Tougher than Michael Chandler, Austin Eckler. Uh, she's a bad ass. No, so yeah, and working with the whole health, so now, like we alluded to before, like, so now working with a health team, so I'm used to doing a lot on my own, but back to working with a health team and the projects we're coming up with, with recovery days and kind of like implementing things as a group. Um, that's been a biggest, a big life lesson already, even though I've been doing this for so long, because everyone's specialty and everyone working together, you don't always get that. So it's been great because what I'm experiencing, we all work together. And the, the, actually the, the athletes will respond better because they actually like, oh everyone's working as a team so there no one's telling them different things so everyone they'll actually respond and do the things that they're doing and also i have a, a muscle health protocol that kind of breaks down each aspect of health and then who to see uh what muscles to treat uh what stretch like stretches to do so i have a whole uh pdf of all healthcare. um so if anyone ever needs anything or injury prevention or dealing with injuries uh, I can send them a PDF if they ever reach out to me. Um, and it covers all aspects of health as charts, as everything. That's amazing. Well, we appreciate it coming on. Not only does he help professional athletes, mass athletes, but also musicians. And uh, Mikey knows about uh, musicians and uh, the injuries that they get, especially when they're super high falling off the stage or something like that, or 
in the hotel room. There's a lot of extracurricular activities and injuries that occur as musicians. Mike's told me stories the only way that I know. I did get to hang out with uh, Tommy Lee and Little John and a few others as well. But I fortunately have survived with very few injuries at 55 um, and without the help of the technology that we have today for sports recovery. Uh, thank you, man. We appreciate it, Jim. You do a lot for sports, for the WNBA and many, many others. Jim Bradham, uh, come back anytime. CEO of Game Changer Sports Recovery, using the trigger points to heal us all. Thanks again. I appreciate you guys. You're awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> I love Wednesdays. Yes, I He's am. awesome. That was, kind of, was great. Yeah, it was very good. Well, the doctor's in the house. Dr. Leanne Najad is here, clinical psychologist and founder. Here she is back again. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, David. And nice to see you, Mike and Michael. Well, you know, I talk about worrying um, as a duplicative negative. Uh, most people don't realize that worry is a form or fear of the future. Um, but it's a duplicative negative in the sense that not only does it create interference between us and our potential, but it actually, in my belief system, manifests what we don't want. So, uh, you know, in the classic example that I utilize when I was in law school, uh, I could not figure out the rules of perpetuity. And I remember worrying for hours, if not days, weeks, and months, I hope the rules of perpetuity are not on my final. Um, and in law school, you only take one final. You don't have any quizzes or tests. You have no idea what you've learned or not learned. And sure enough, the first question on my final exam was the rules of perpetuity because I had worried and interfered with my ability to learn it. But even worse, I manifested it. And then I did the same thing years later on the bar exam uh, and the exact same thing happened. So um, you created an app, the worry app, uh, to help with the duplicative negative and understanding how do we contain our brain. So as you know, David, I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist. So we have a little bit of a different view in terms of what you just said about worry having the power to influence us in different ways. But you so actually I think, have a factual view, not a bullshit view like I've learned. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I you might be aligned Mike, in some Mike ways and not in other you ways. You can't say it, Mike. You say David, <laughs> bullshit. But it sounds really good and people buy it. So, <laughs> so the way that I think that we are aligned and agree is that our, our thoughts make a difference. So um, the way that psychologists would see that is that our thoughts influence our feelings and therefore influence what we decide to do and what we actually do. So, it, so what we often do when we're helping people is we help them be more aware of their thoughts and their worries and then really help people understand, well, how is that affecting your internal experiences? So how is it affecting how you feel and how is it affecting your responses to particular situations and circumstances? So if we're talking about anxiety, you know, is that thought about worrying about your test causing a whole lot of stress and anxiety, which means it's really it's a lot harder for you to study. And so you're not as prepared as you would be for your test, for instance. Would, would it be fair to say that you agree with the interference part? of what I was saying, but you're not necessarily buying into the manifestation part. Of exactly. It. So <laughs> manifestation is a bit problematic for, for people like me. Because, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I understand, um, and I'll tell you why it's problematic. The reason is, is because worries and anxiety is 
part of our natural thought processes. So we are actually wired to, our brains are wired, our minds wired, our bodies wired to protect us so that we survive. So it just means that um, we're going to be having lots of worries in our lives and, and anxiety in our lives because our, our body is wired to perceive threat. And so we don't want people thinking that those are unnatural thoughts that are going to cause bad things to happen. Because that's when I see the people in my office with anxiety disorders, for instance, or OCD or other problems that are similar to that, part of it's because they think their thoughts are so powerful. And if they're spending a lot of time being depressed or anxious and having thoughts that are associated with that, and they think that they're then causing external events to occur or could cause external events to occur, that actually is not a helpful way of thinking. So we're actually trying to undo some of that idea of like our thoughts can create external events to occur and rather focus on the fact that it can lead to internal experiences. And those are the things that we can change and we have control over. If that so, um, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, I, go ahead, Mike, but I was going to say in that context, if we believe in the perception and illusions that are created by the projection of our internal feelings as the information or materialization of an idea that nothing is real. And I'm, you know, obviously well read in some extreme bullshit from the past, from the Course in Miracles to the Bhagavad Gita to Eckhart Tolle and a variety of others that sure. there could be argued in science, a, a, a quantum argument in physics that we're just projecting forms uh, into nothingness that would then actually support the argument that your reality is that of your perception and if the way that we think is changing the way we feel it's going to change the way we perceive things and mean things and even in a quantum sense form them but i'm not going to go there mike now that you're completely <laughs> that's very I esoteric i quit using drugs like so many years ago that he's not ready for this conversation i actually am we'll i'm, I'm following you i am following you because I, I would have gone into law of attraction and manifestation and you manifested that reality but the lesson would have been to learn what your intuition was telling you to learn and not create interference in the learning so become yeah. aware of your thoughts going, I am triggered by this. So worrying, maybe I need to learn this. And then you open the paper and go, see, my intuition was telling me to focus in on what I needed to learn. And that's why it presented itself. So there was a lesson that you were getting from your survival mechanism, which was start of the sympathetic nervous system and your worry chain going, hey, maybe I'm running from this. Maybe I need to sit in this survival and figure it out. But what I want to ask you, Dr. Lillian, is this, is that, so you, you, you said thoughts which is so important. And you know this, and we know this, that sometimes the sympathetic nervous system, our primitive part is triggered by the environment and we can be emotionally hijacked. So mm -hmm. in the app, right, do you have something that not only works on the analytical part of the, you know, the cognitive behavioral therapy of let's look at the thought, feeling and action that, that looks at the feeling and what the trigger is. And then yeah. we can slow those feelings down and you know, get into those triggers and stop and understand what is triggering the worrying. Because, like you said, you're always going to have some kind of fear. Fear is healthy. It's where right. we then place the fear. Yes. So the app is like is based on a really simple strategy called Worry Time. And Worry Time was a strategy developed in the '80s, 
And it was actually developed by a group of researchers who were trying to help people with insomnia because they, they worked out. And I think that we all kind of know that worries are kind of what gets in the way of our sleep. So most people who have insomnia um, are struggling with um, getting to sleep or staying asleep because they're really stressed and they're just their thoughts are racing and they just can't settle their minds down. So they came up with this idea of if you set aside a time and a place to worry that's convenient for you, and then you worry only in that time and in that place, then your worries aren't going to be hounding you all day and they're not going to be hounding you just before you go to bed. They're you're only, you're going to like, let's say if it's five to 5.30, I've decided my worry time is five to 5.30, then when worries pop in through the day, you write them in. So the old school ways you write them down, right? So we created an app to make this process simpler. That was literally the only reason because I just noticed my clients weren't going to want to write things down in little pieces of paper anymore. Yet this is an effective strategy. So like, how do I get them to use it? Well, if I make it really easy. So the app was just purely based on making it more accessible and, and easy to implement. So you set your time in place as worries occur during the day, you just add them in. And then during your worry time, we give people a really clear strategy on how to deal with their worries. So you can prioritize and highlight the ones that you wanna work on, and then you choose one, and then we have you sort. So first you set, the next activity is you sort. So you sort them into categories. Are, is your problem or worry solvable or is it unsolvable or has it already solved itself? Because 80% of our worries and maybe even more by the time you get to your worry time are no longer issues anymore. So once you actually categorize your worry, then you get some tips to deal with the worry from that category. So solvable, you get problem solving tips. If it's unsolvable, and I, I think this is um, uh, where a lot of what you were, I think, alluding to, like you do need things to calm your body for all of the, all three of those things. So there's ways of dealing with your worries and your thoughts by the, the you know analytical, logical kind of um, realm, and there's also your body. You know, like what can you do to calm your body so that you can. Um, make sure that that frontal lobe starts working again so you can think about things to do. Um, so we give people strategies like mindfulness, like relaxation exercises. Um, those strategies um, are suggested in the tips for the different kinds of problems, depending on what category they choose. And then if they're solved already, then we actually have a strat you know, a tip for that too, which is we want people to reflect on all the worries and thoughts that they have that actually end up solving themselves um, so that when they pop up again, they can say, oh, that's one of those ones that I have that usually solves itself. So I can just let that go because by the time I get to worry time, it's not going to be a problem anymore. So yeah, so you get people to either solve, accept, or reflect on the individual worry, depending on what category it's from. Those strategies are perfect for Mike Diamond because any strategy in the 80s obviously is aligned with Mike's philosophy. For example, <laughs> you know, his hair strategy of the man bun definitely from the 80s as well. So, Was that 80s? I feel like it might be 90s. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. He's so wrong. I was talking uh, about the 1480s. He's, he's so dated. You know why? Because the man bun is a samurai thing. 
right. where right. it really came from. So you are so dated, Dave. You're saying 80s. We're talking centuries ago. Yes. <laughs> 280s AD. Uh, you guys are hilarious today. Uh, Pluto is in retrograde, as they say. Um, Pluto's in retrograde. <laughs> now that Michael William, it's incredible. You've helped over 14,000 people work through when your programs for anxiety and insomnia, you know, I think rumination, especially in the world that we live in today is probably destroying more people's dreams than anything. Yeah. Are there any commonalities that you've seen in your work that people can use and leverage as points of contact and proof for the potential for them to move towards their dreams without getting stuck in worry and anxiety? I think the first step is to really have a good understanding of what worry and anxiety is and what the function of them are. Because I think that a lot of people get stuck in, oh, no, I'm anxious. Oh, no, I'm worried. That's really bad. That's really negative. That's going to cause all these terrible things to happen. If we can actually understand that those things are there to help us, they actually can serve a useful purpose to help alert us to threat and to help us solve our problems, then we're not judging it as bad or negative. What we are doing is maybe evaluating it. Is this functional or dysfunctional? Is this working for me or is this working against me? If we cannot have that understanding and start from that place, then we're in a much better position to move forward and do something that is going to help us. So I'd say have a good understanding of what anxiety is and what worry is and rumination is and why it's there. And then then you have to, I think, understand the two ways of man, like two broad ways of dealing with those things. One is the acceptance pathway, which is what do I need to accept? What are the unsolvable things? What are the uncertainties of life that are just part of life? And I need to be able to tolerate that. And I need to be able to be able to sit in feeling anxious or stressed or uncertain or confused sometimes. And it's okay to have those feelings. Um, and, you know, mindfulness, for instance, can really help us do that in a non-judgmental way. Um, and then the other ways, the change approaches, which are how can I change how I feel? What can I do? Can I do a relaxation exercise? Um, how can I change the way that, that I'm thinking? Can I use a tool like contain your brain or can I, you know, write my thoughts down and, and modify them so that they're more realistic and helpful and healthy? Um, what can I do about my behaviors? What behaviors are contributing to this cycle of rumination or being stuck or procrastinating? You know, am I coping by avoiding all the time? Am I drinking and, and using substances? Um, am I isolating myself instead of getting help and talking to people? Like, what are the behaviors? And then also really understanding your circumstances as well. Like, what's going on in my life that's leading to a lot of distress and stress? And what can I do about that? Those are real too. Like, I think sometimes we can focus a lot and maybe overly on mindset and thoughts and how that affects everything. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying it's not important. It is extremely important, but there are also really real circumstances that occur for people um, that cause problems and that can lead to being stuck. And you do need to just have that kind of knowledge and empathy that, you know, sometimes you need more than just mindset. You need support. You need the right support and circumstances. Hello, everyone. Dr. Lillian Najad. 
if you want to enjoy your life, excel at work, get rest, rest when you need it to perform your best, to pursue your potential, contain your brain is a great way to do so. It's the worry app that everyone can use in order to get out of their own way and uh, allow yourself to enjoy the peace and uh, happiness that we all are connected to and through. Dr. Lillian Najad, thank you so much for joining us. Please, we got more shows for you. What a great interview. Thank you for your patience with our juvenile behavior. Mostly, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Thanks okay. for having me. It's just you, life. Exactly. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you so much. Go Thanks to containyourbrain.com. So Take care. Bye. He's awesome. I know her brother, by the way. I didn't want to say that on the actual. Oh, really? Movie. He's not nearly as bright as he is so i don't ever put him on but uh he, he's a sports guy he's a recovering lawyer at least i got he has that going for him uh he's gonna watch yeah, this and go dude I yeah i hope you're watching that. i hope she is watching he's gonna he's driving me tomorrow in miami so we're gonna get together so perfect timing all right last but not least hitting cleanup for office hours here on the crazy wacky wednesdays bonnie palmush She's here, CEO of Working Wardrobes, workingwardrobes.org, here in Orange County. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you, David. What a joy to be here with you and Mike and Michael. Well, you are doing such great work um, in helping uh, so many uh, women, especially, uh, that need our help. And uh, you've been around for almost as long as the man bun, um, so uh, since the 90s. Uh, <laughs> Mike, do you get that? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm a samurai, dude. Don't get all hateful on me. <laughs> Take a dose of uh, positivity. Um, yeah, and uh, not only have you uh, helped hundreds of thousands of people, um, but also have earned one of the best places to work in OC. So <laughs> internally, I've helped so many people as well. And with your nonprofit, uh, when we talk about working wardrobes, a lot of people don't realize how important it is to have the appropriate attire, uh, to be able to get the jobs, keep the jobs, and feel comfortable and confident in uh, the workplace. And you really have been able to address that in a meaningful way, uh, including with people with substance abuse, domestic violence, incarceration, homelessness, et cetera. Um, how long have you seen this to be an issue? Uh, and you know, obviously, uh, have you been there since the 90s? And how has it evolved? Thank you so much for asking. At Working Wardrobes, we help people overcome all sorts of barriers to gainful employment, and you highlighted a few. They are sort of in concert, the uh, operating system that individuals are approaching the world and, of course, employment through, and what an honor it is to meet someone in that vulnerable space and you know, hard. It's hard to ask for help. And it is such a sacred place to be in with a person. We help men, women, every gender and really every barrier. But I think about it as sort of our phones, right? Our operating system on the inside needs to be updated. And then the packaging on the outside ought to match. And that is what's really special, I think, about working wardrobes is that it is a full service wrap around, there is no stone unturned, if you will, uh, between an individual and gainful employment. We are living in a time still of man buns, but also of you know 
raising the, the rising cost of living is exorbitant. And, you know, the, the sort of jobs that there are um, an excess availability of do not cover basic needs. So we are really seeking to help people become better versions of themselves that are able to contribute in the world in a way that allows them to be self-sustaining and supporting their family, which ultimately contributes to a better community. It, it behooves each of us individually to support. What made, I mean, it's such an empowering thing what you're doing and so many people just pass by people. Like I do interventions. I just came off doing an intervention with four people that if I didn't intervene, they're living out of the car and they're on crack. And, and some people just go, well, that person can't they figure it out. And women can't they figure it out. I don't have resources to figure it out. It's our job to intervene and help them figure it out. What made you um, become such a, an incredible, you know, person and to, to, to help people and build that bridge because people get lost, they get stuck. They just, they get overwhelmed. They feel hopeless and helpless. What made you do that? Mike, I think that you and I must share a, a similar belief, and that is twofold, really. One is that every individual has something of purpose to contribute. And two, I, I want to say it in the positive, but what I'm thinking is like, what a shame to waste it. But what I'm really thinking is, you know, what an honor it is to unleash it. Uh, the the yeah. one that it drives me because I think about the power of human potential and the power of human connection. Um, you know, we're just we're just a bunch of people walking in different shoes in this life. And each of us has something, something to give. And that's a core belief of mine, which drives me to to do this work. The organization was actually founded in 1990 um, by Jerry Rosen, who wanted to create a day of self-esteem for women who had experienced domestic violence. And it's like a nut when you crack open. Right. Then all of a sudden you discover there's so much more to the issue. And that, you know, the, the, the description you gave of a person who is struggling with substance abuse, who is housing insecure, I'm assuming probably doesn't have a support network or system, um, what we refer to as a hand up, right? It's not a hand out, but let me help you elevate, right? So all of that to say that this nonprofit um, over the last 33 years has offered that hand up to over 120,000 individuals. Wow. And when I think about the individual, that's powerful in and of itself. But what is mind blowing to me is the ripple effects. That one person changes a family, it changes a neighborhood, it changes a community. And that, I want to be a part of that. It's amazing. It's powerful. Yeah, that's really incredible, Bonnie. Um, I happen to be a recipient of some services of that nature. I grew up in the Midwest, uh, drug addict, alcoholic family, was on my own and abandoned as a kid, got thrown into a last chance program where, thank goodness, like I point to the success I have today to be able to be in a room with David and Mike and to help thousands of people around the world. And it's because someone gave me a hand up. Like literally, I'm telling you right now, without that, I would not be here. And, and for me, I look at what people like you do, and it is so necessary and important in the world, in this country, in your neighborhood, and in your community. I feel like many people watching who are like, where do I begin? I want to help. I don't know what to do. I have these skills. I have these talents. They feel like they don't even know where to find their place in the door to help and support and help give other people the hand up. How, how can people 
be a part of this other than just the simple donation of money? Like, how can people show up and be a part of creating real change in the world? Oh, thank you for vulnerability and sharing your personal story. It is a, a world I believe in also second chances and that any moment is a time for a new beginning. You can support this mission by connecting as a human, right? And here locally in Orange County, people are often um, familiar with working wardrobes because they donate their clothes. Um, we have a donation center in Irvine that accepts over a half a million items each year, which means those are items not going into a landfill, but they're going to help people get jobs. Wow. Secondly, people can support this mission by shopping. We have four resale stores and an e-commerce channel, all of those ability to, to fund the mission. There are many people who um, have different skills and abilities to contribute to the mission. Um, some of them serve as personal coaches for our clients that conduct mock interviews, that conduct uh, career assessments and identify, you know, what are my aptitudes? What am I even not considering as a capability I have to contribute? Um, you can always come work for a best places to work. And we already identified that uh, Working Wardrobes is an incredible employer of choice. And that is also rooted in our belief that people, people are first. We take care of our people. Um, of course, I invite any person listening to think about not, like you said, not just the finances, but how can I take the time to offer that hand up? And we have a coalition. It's called the Rebuilding Careers Coalition. And it's Membership is individuals and companies who are saying, I'm taking a stand to empower my fellow humans, just with all the things we just talked about. Um, and of course, if you have a special expertise that you can provide as a training or a workshop, sometimes that could be um, how to ask and get a raise, or maybe some financial literacy. Maybe it's a customer service workshop or um some sort of specialized skill that would help our clients, again, close that gap between where they are now and where they are headed in their career. Yeah, and beyond that type of support with the training certifications, the retail side of it, the donations, um, there's also just the assessment side of it that, you know, a lot of times you talked about the radical humility that Michael Broken has and Mike uh, Diamond as well. That a lot of times it's that first step. I, I love to say zero to one uh, is as difficult, especially in recovery, as one to a hundred. Um, and beyond recovery, just zero to one and asking for help. And I think one of the most powerful things I know about the working wardrobes uh, is that they allow people to feel comfortable by getting an assessment of, hey, this is how we can help you um, and at least raise the awareness to those. Um, how can someone get a no cost assessment? Uh, that may find some challenges in their life, may want to take that step from zero to one, um, because I think it's a big part of what I've learned about your organization. I love the way you said that. I'm going to borrow that, the big step from zero to one. Three easy ways to get in touch with us. Of course, head to our website, workingwardrobes.org. Second, oh, you can give us a call, 714-210-2460. And you're welcome to stop by. Our Career Success Center is just off of uh, McFadden in the 55. Easy to get to with bus or transportation. We'll, we'll meet you where you are, too. So give us a call. Well, we certainly appreciate all the great work that you're doing, that the organization is doing. There's no doubt why you've earned one of the best places to work in Orange County again uh, in 2022. 
and uh, with, like I said, over 120,000 people in the exponentiality of that, it must be millions of lives have changed, including children and women uh, who may not have any hope. Their lives now have completely re-engineered themselves. And who knows, you can end up like my two friends over here, the two Michaels, uh, giving back to millions of people. So I'm not that good at math, but it sounds like uh, we're talking about millions of people uh, that are impacted uh, with the work that you're doing every single year. Okay. Thank you, Bonnie, so much. Please come back and join us. Everyone, go to workingwardrobes.org, get the phone number, get the address. It's here in Orange County. Uh, and if you're not going to participate, please ask someone else to participate. It's never a bad thing to ask for help. Uh, we look forward to having you back on. Thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. You're awesome. All right. Bonnie Pulmush is here, CEO of Working Wardrobes. It is that time, gentlemen, the takeaway of the day, the double mic. And uh, which one of my favorite mics wants to go first? What am I going first? I, today was you really interesting go. for me. It was like the first guy was talking about recovery and I think it's important to work hard, but also be self-aware in your recovery, which then leads into, you know, understanding your triggers and building mindfulness, self-awareness to then be able to heal yourself, to help others. Cause yeah. if you can't figure yourself out, you're not going to be of service to others. So do the internal work, recover, heal, figure your stuff out and then be of service. Nice. Love that. Uh, and you know, it's funny, Mike, that you say that, cause that's literally the track that my mind just went down because <laughs> you, you look at this and it's like, you have so much internally that we must heal, that we must go through the, we often have to walk through hell to find heaven. And, and once you do, that makes you a recipient of being able to reciprocate those goods. It's like, go and give back to the world the very thing that you have found and discovered. And, and what I see in here and everybody that we had on the show today on this amazing office hours is, you know, they have stepped into reciprocating the very thing that drives them in their life. And, you know, for me, it's the interesting nuance of asking for help um, and this idea of, of toughness. Uh, there's this relationship that I haven't quite come to a conclusion of, of the lesson itself. But the takeaway is that I need to focus uh, more on the relationship between being tough and asking for help. And it started mm. with the idea of the evolution with Jim and where I grew up and you guys grew up uh, of being physically tough and what energy that carried. And then that's led obviously today to a more openness to, you know, being mentally tough and you know talking about mental dis-ease uh with worry anxiety suicide depression ocd adhd and all the other letters ptsd that go along with it which then leads to a different type of vulnerability which is a duality of you know people you know taking the first step the zero to one to ask for help for an assessment but also the vulnerability of people giving help uh you know and so for, for me uh this has truly inspired me as a takeaway to pay more attention and give more intention to this relationship about you know the toughness and the vulnerability the ferociousness 
and the Buddha, you know, all the reconciliation. Uh, it was quite a, a great setup by Raluca and GJ to put together this group because, you know, so complimentary and, and really thought provoking beyond the dumb jokes that I had uh, and the vulnerability that you two pr provided um, and the really bad hair uh, do that my diamond has. It's you know really, what I'm gonna finish with this. You know what's really funny? I'm funny. You're, this no, is what really, what has you're two bold. thumbs and is really <laughs> funny. Right here, baby. Dude, right here. Bold. Mike, Mike, let's not forget our egos love to be offended. <laughs> no, but I'm saying he's like he's bold and he's like calling my man butt out. I'm like, I'll get you yeah, a clip. Bro, grass does not grow on a busy street. That's all I got to say. <laughs> It's so I great love, that we can break each other. It's, it's great. I, I love, love Double Mike and the fact that uh, we, we all uh, love each other so much that we'll be real and have a good time together. Oh, yeah. It's you know, I will <laughs> lie in front of a buff uh, for both of you. And uh, you, I look mate. forward to seeing you both very soon. Get a Dose of Positivity, best-selling book by Michael Diamond. Michael Unbroken, follow him. If you're not following him, you're making a huge mistake. Check out Think Unbroken Podcast, my main man there. We'll all be available together, hopefully at VCon, uh, if not sooner. Trying, yeah. uh, very good. And if not, we'll be together at Collision in Toronto or many other places that you can come and see. Double Mike and Dave. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Love you, Dave. Love you, Mikey. Thank you, brother. Take care. Love you guys. All right. Wacky Wednesdays. I'm going to give another double shout out, not just to Double Mike, but to Raluca and Gigi. Uh, they're producing a hell of a show. And we're providing it to everyone every single Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on office hours. You can email me if you'd like a free book, guide exercises that we talk about. I'll sign a book, send it to you. Pay for the book and shipping. It's david at dmelter.com. Most importantly, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. Love you all. See you tomorrow. Peace.